Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. I will make you fishers and men. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's a difficult thing to translate this parable because it's easier to catch fish than it is to catch men. What Jesus was talking about is introducing people to the gospel and making them, enabling them through grace to live a disciplined life, a holy life. And yet, we have great obstacles to overcome, unfortunately. But the worst obstacle we have is, as Jesus says, it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. I think the flesh is probably the worst obstacle. And I remember when I went through puberty, I thought I lost my mind. So I went to confession to Father Dacek, and he said, well, you're, you're not losing your mind, you're becoming a man. And he said to me, explain to me what was going on. And uh, I, did, well, I said, do I have any say in this? He says, no, it's all part of original sin. And this part of original sin is glorified by our current lack of civilization in the United States. So they use our weaknesses to sell us bread, uh, automobiles, uh, booze, the party life which is not what we're supposed to be doing. Catering to our passions. I won't say which is the worst passion. Because some passions, you, uh, in, you can do good. Most of the time, we're more concerned with doing bad. We want to ignore the gospel. especially the world. Everybody wants to be entertained and occupied all the time. Not with good things, not with, for example, reading good books or spending each time, quality time with God in prayer each day. They want to go out and have fun. Fun was invented by the devil. The only fun you're ever going to have for real is heaven. The flesh, we won't go too far into that. As we grow, we learn all about that. By the time my dad got around to telling me about it, I knew all about it anyway. There's always people around to introduce you to certain things and corrupt you. And that's not good. It's only for reproduction. 
and even reproduction would have been painless before the fall and without passion. But we have a whole uh, culture that wants to deny these passions or to deal with reproduction. They give us pills and all sorts of things to destroy God's plan. Now, the devil is your worst enemy. My father told me that. So my father, you know, I thought, well, you know, he's, um, you know, he was first born in America and uh, his parents were very careful. And uh, usually we say, it's the devil's fault. The devil made me do it. People laugh at that because we don't want to take responsibility for the formation of our conscience in doing the right thing. Or temptation comes from the devil and we say, oh, I'm entitled to this now. I can sin. And then go ahead. You're going to be a depressed mess when you get done. Not good. But the gospel says today to go out and be fishers of men. I guess they use that term because most of the apostles were fishermen, especially the disciples. It's a way of life. And of course, they had to eat just like everybody else. I shrink away from considering the many, many things, the many, many excuses we have saying things like, well, God understands. Yeah, he understands that you're a sinner. Now, Jesus Christ wants you to be a saint. How do I become a saint? I think become a saint by doing your duty to God. Matthew's Gospel. The commandments, the Beatitudes, the evangelical counsels. God forgive you. God forbid I have to live the evangelical counsels. That's for monks. It's for everybody. Poverty, chastity, and obedience. Fear of the Lord. I should really love the Lord. And I tell him that, but I don't always act like that. Because I want to be the exception to the rule. God has to be understanding. He understands very well. He understands that you need to reform your life and fall in love with him. That's what he wants. And he's always near. I saw a little a holy card this week. It's floating around my desk. It was the Holy Theotokos, the Virgin Mary, Mother of Christ. And she was standing there with her hands crossed. I noticed some of the monks pray that way too. What are they embracing? They're embracing the presence of their soul 
And in their souls, the divine energies given to them by Christ, which make them part of the life of Christ, that's real happiness. It's hard work. Paul says, he who does not uh, work should not eat. That's the last verse in Romans as it stands today. I've always thought about these things a long time. All the thinking causes me to think I really should do all that. Because I'm in danger of not getting to heaven. So people think, well, I'm a good person. Only who knows you're a good person? Only God. He can read your soul. You have to be careful. Do not deceive yourself. The person is good who who cooperates and lives the godly life, a good life of grace. And so we're on this sea of life which is full of temptation and things to bait us and you're like fish. It's a hard job, isn't it? But in this gospel, he was talking to the apostolic community, but he's talking to us today. It's wonderful that he talks to us at all. But if you want to, uh, if you pray long enough, you hear the voice of God inside yourself. He loves you, even in your fickleness. This uh, week in history, starting the Monday before last, we witnessed the death and uh, humor rights of Queen Elizabeth. She asked the question one time in her reign, why can't people live their life obligations? She made an oath to God to be a servant to her people. And as you know, in England, the queen reigns. She does not rule. The parliament rules, but she can advise. She had a hard life with her own children. Were not so diso- they were so disobedient to her. But she tried to keep that quiet. I admire her immensely. I remember when she was just a teenager, I was alive then, and how she came, and we saw her, and how they got through World War II and walked in the ashes of London. And uh, they were fighting the Germans at that point. Uh, it was a terrible bloodletting, but not as bad as our Civil War, which was also nonsense. All wars are nonsense. 
Of course, we have to protect our nation. I know that. I thought of her as these rites were going on. I watched most of it. I might have missed a few frames here and there. <laughs> they finally took her to her home, Windsor, which are the dynasty is the House of Windsor. It's the longest reigning diocese, dynasty, I think. It's a dynasty of a thousand years. How they manage that, I don't know. Not all kings are saints. A lot of them are. She certainly was a saintly woman. It's time like this I'd like to put someone in for canonization that's not a Catholic. I don't know if I can get away with that. But she certainly in my prayers were a splendid example. Her splendid fidelity to her duty well, you say she lived a life of privilege. Those privileges come at a great cost. All privileges come as a great cost. When I was in the military, I was uh, looked at. They had all sorts of rules and regulations. And they expected certain things of you, and if you did it, you got promoted. And you got decorations. I got a whole pocket full of decorations. And finally, I became a colonel, which in the military is a lot of responsibility. But what you are is a people manager. So anywhere I went, I had to be in the proper uniform so if I could, they would know I was there. If I went to buy something at the commissary or something, somebody came running up to me, what do you need, sir? I was very flattered by that, but it shouldn't have been because they, as long as they keep me working, they're not wasting money. But if I'm out shopping, it's a waste of money for the government. Yes, privileges come, but don't seek them. They come with responsibilities. I was the Sanchellus uh, of the Northwest for 33 years. I never talked about it too much. Because with it was a lot of responsibilities. Sanchilis is the ears and eyes of the bishop. And when the bishop wants something done, he doesn't want to do it himself. He sends a letter to Sanchilis, and he has to go do that. It's not always pleasant. But if you are a good servant to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you convert people by your example of your life and your words and your self-sacrifice, that's a joy. That's how you're going to catch the fishers of men. But if you're an egotist, you're in trouble. 
I saw so many people in the military, they wanted to go up in rank, and they would put things in their efficiency rating or their officer's rating. They were fabrications. But they had an officer who read those things and a board that sat with those things. They can see through that. They're experienced. They did not get appointed. They did not make a promotion. Those that made a promotion were the honest ones who were really serving their country, and some of them close to death. And some of them died, like Jesus on the cross, for their country. Yes, they were honored, but they paid with their lives just like our Lord did. Now in the early church, most early Christians were martyrs. I don't look for martyrdom, I'd rather live. But if that comes, I would have to be ready. But there's little martyrdoms in life. Things don't go right. People get mad, they leave the church. They blame the church. They get mad at some priest. They do all sorts of things that are stupid. We should be very careful how we treat our clergymen and each other, our neighbor, because they're the fish we're trying to help. They're the ones we must cooperate with and help them in their mission. You all come from a family. They used to say in the old timers, they'd say, Charity begins at home. And if you can edify your family and lead them to Christ and to the Holy Eucharist, that's a wonderful thing. But even sometimes our children do not practice as we wish or as we pray for. And that's a terrible slap in the face to your family. Among the Slavs, the supreme value was the family. And everybody was supposed to go to church. They were supposed to pray in the house. My grandparents, at 10 o'clock at night in their home, everybody you could hear the whisper of prayer throughout the house. Everybody was praying. Of course, we didn't have, at those days, distractions of so much entertainment and television and all this stuff, which we think we have to see. We do not have to see that. So how do I become a fisher of men? Becoming, I've got to be the bait. They've got to look upon me and my life and see in that person a holy person. That's important. Being the bait is not a loss, it's a gain. It takes a lifetime to learn these things. 
But how are we going to catch them without that? I think the queen has probably caught the whole world in her attention in her death. There are probably millions and millions of people watched around the world. And there were a few that were critical. It's easy to be critical, but it's hard to be a saint. It's better to be a saint. We have everything we need to become a saint. The teaching of the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Trinity amongst us in the Holy Eucharist. We have everything we need. It's a wonderful gift our church to us. And I grieved at the funeral because she was not a Catholic. And we always ask ourselves, is there salvation outside the church? We always say no. But sometimes people are in the church that we don't know. That's the first chapter of... uh, the documents on Vatican II, how people are related to us. So, it says in that document, some are related to us in their belief in God. Some are related to us in their belief in Jesus and the scriptures. And some are related to us because they live a sacramental life. In this document, so I saw that. But why can't we help them along like the latter? We read in Lent. Help them take the steps by our prayer and example, and let's be the bait to build up the Church of Jesus Christ. It's easy enough to find fault. But finding fault is not a sign of love. Yearning for the salvation of your brothers and sisters, your children, your family, is a sign of love. And I look forward to seeing Elizabeth in heaven, and my parents, and my grandparents, and thousands of people that produced me through the ages. Because I always pray for my ancestors who handed down the faith and so that I am what I am today. And I still pray they continue their prayer because I have not met the goal completely. So Paul says we are like athletes in training. That's interesting. Well, the athlete is not the winner in who he gains the prize. And the prize is the glory of the kingdom. The glory of the kingdom is perpetual happiness and love. The glory of the kingdom is meeting all the saints who went before you. The glory of the kingdom is knowing that your life was not for nothing that you did good and prayerfully upon the earth, and now you've gained the kingdom of heaven. Don't lose your way. Be good fishermen.
name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.